Yellow. Hey, Peter, how are you doing? Good, Cameron, how are you? All right. Um, seems like my co-host might be running a little late here. Okay. But uh, me and you can go ahead and just get started. Oh, there he goes. Hold on. Is he connected? Billy. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, okay. What's up, brother? How's, uh, how's the much. weather? Uh, I'm snowed in right now, so. Ah, uh, yeah. We're not supposed to get snow until this. It's snowing all day today, so. Okay. okay. Uh, Billy, this is uh, um, our guest tonight, Peter Honigan. Um, Peter, this is my co-host, Billy. Uh, hey, nice Billy. To nice to meet you, boss man. Same here. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's just go ahead and get in and jump right in. Um, Peter, you can go ahead and just introduce yourself and um, tell tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, okay. So, uh, my name is Peter Honigman. I am a full-time attorney, but in my, my spare time, my part-time, uh, I have been teaching um, self-defense and martial arts for probably the past six years, but I've been a martial arts student for probably 30, I don't know, 32, 33 years. And uh, it's something that it's always been a real passion of mine and something I've been trying to uh, to build on here in the Chicago area. So I'm, I'm working on trying to get out there, meet more people and uh, teach more classes and seminars. Um, so what, um, what age range do you teach from? Uh, so I found, uh, early on that I was actually much better working with, um, adults and seniors. Um, so uh, I do also occasionally teach high school students, but most of the time it's, it's their adults. Okay. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I think I've got, I think I got up to like being a red belt in karate. Okay. Uh, I like to. I, I would like to learn more. I mean, I practice uh, uh, mixed martial arts. Um, just uh, I haven't done any training uh, since I broke my ankle. <laughs> oh, um, ow! Yeah, I, I yeah I used to play. I, I played a lot of sports. So did okay. Billy. Um, and then back in my day, I played uh, football. I played basketball, and I played baseball. And uh, quick, quick, quick story. I broke my ankle playing all three sports. Uh, wow. In the same month. Uh, and like a week separate from the first time that I had broke it the first time. Oh. So, yeah. And, the la- and then the last time I broke it, I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm done. Uh, I-, I coach Little League Baseball now um, when I can. Um, much safer, right? <laughs> it is, um, except for talking to the umpires. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, you, uh, I, I uh, I've read a little bit on you, and uh, it says that you've lived in Japan for a couple of years. Yeah, so uh, off and on, I was, um, well, back in high school um, to the Rotary, they offered different options for for traveling abroad, and uh, I had a list of places and I think that was somewhere down on my list. It wasn't at the top and they're like, Oh, we're going to send you to Japan. So I, I ended up being chosen to go there and live there for a year and lived with some Japanese families and went to a Japanese high school. And of course I didn't speak a word of Japanese. So it was a very interesting year abroad. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty cool to, to actually experience um, going over there. 
Uh, have you traveled anywhere else besides Japan? Well, my wife and I like to travel internationally whenever we can. Um, so, you know, we've, you know, when we get time, we've been to, you know, we've been to England, we've been to Ireland, we spent some time, a couple of weeks over in um, Germany and Switzerland. Uh, we're trying to plan a trip to New Zealand. It's the next place to visit our list. We did spend a couple of weeks um, in Australia, although Australia is so big, two weeks is just, you know, like a drop in the bucket. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. And then there's so much to do over there, you know, and that'd be insane. It is. There, there's yeah. just you want to do everything, and you got uh, very little time. So you know, you're trying to trying to do what you can, and it, it becomes exhausting just trying to do all that stuff. You know, so that's, that's like uh, when I go to Vegas. You know, like I stay a couple of days, but and there's so much to do. You know, and yeah. Besides, besides the, all the partying, and you know, and like, <laughs> it is. Yeah, a that's just yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm going in March, and we're I believe we're flying in Friday through Tuesday, and we're gonna do. Obviously, we're there to meet up, you know, for the fights, and then we're gonna go. I believe Top Golf, and then we're gonna try to make the Grand Canyon. We're gonna try to go to the Gun Range. We're gonna try to go to Hoover Dam. Yeah, all that in five days. You know, we'll see. You know, <laughs> so the Hoover Dam you could do in in like three hours. I when I I went to Vegas with my wife, and that was one of our things we wanted. But, to do but you got to figure it's a it's a forty five minute drive there. You know. Oh well, no. If you catch the bus, if you catch the we, bus, we got a we, we got a rental, so it's like yeah, we're gonna. Okay, do that well then, yeah, it's not it's not that bad of a drive. It's yeah. it's about a thirty minute. It all depends if you're staying if you're staying locally in in the downtown part, then yeah, it's about a thirty minute, forty five minute drive. But if you're staying like um, BOA or something like that, yeah. then yeah, it's about. I don't know now. Yeah, like I said, we're just there for the fights, but we plan other activities. So, well, like you said, you're going to the range too, so that should be a good time. Oh, it'll be like just you know, a couple guys together, and yeah, we all we always meet up. And top golf is always fun. I've never, I'm not a very good golfer. It's I'm a tough sport. Golf. Yeah, it's my third time golfing, but you know, I'm gonna. I play. Yeah, I play a little golf. I'm not professional, but. uh my my max range when I can uh, when I hit it with the driver, it's about two hundred and forty five yards. So you know, that's not bad. I, I can whack it. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not that's not too bad. It, it it's not. I think professional range is like three hundred and fifty to like four hundred yards. Um, but you know what? I also think it's the clubs too because. I have regular golf clubs, and they were like hand-me-downs from uh, my mom, right? My mom, my dad, my stepdad, my uncle. <laughs> so, you know, when I so like, if I hit a golf ball, you're gonna hear ping, <laughs> like a normal golf ball hits off of an iron or a wood, or but they have these new technology um, with all this new technology and and everything it's just like um this guy was hitting beside me at the driving range and he didn't even like put no effort into it and you just uh he just hit the ball and all you just heard was wow it's like okay (laughs) i'm done thank you very much for showing me out today (laughs) you can't you just can't compare uh, yourself to other people you just got to do what's good for you right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, 
And uh, so, yeah, when you're teaching class and you're teaching uh, senior citizens, yeah. how do they how do they uh, uh, react when when you're teaching them? Do they get angry with you or? Do you know the? It's interesting because when I first started out teaching, my intent was, you know, wasn't to focus on senior citizens. It just turns out that I was doing a class for the first time, and the people that showed up were mostly seniors. So I'm like, okay, there's certainly a, a need. This group has an interest in in this. So I started focusing more on working with them, and it turns out they are probably some of the best students I could possibly ask for because not only are they attentive, but they ask great questions you know they're very involved and and i teach different ways so when i go to library sometimes it'll just be a, a, a seminar will i just talk to these people sometimes though they'll ask me i say well will you do you know a little more interactive will you let people you know actually teach them some techniques and so i teach them some simple things how to use a cane how to use your you know palm of your hand stick a finger in somebody's eye or use pepper spray something simple but they are very gung-ho, and actually, I have to be concerned for their safety. They're so excited about finally getting to do something. Sometimes it seems like they haven't been able to do an activity for a while. I pull out a pad, and I'm worried they're going to fall over. So uh, they're very eager. They're very, you know, into it. They, they really want to do everything. So I, I couldn't ask for yeah. a better group. Um, have, you, uh, have you ever had to use your self-defense? and real life i have not you know i've been i've been very fortunate you know i live in the chicago area and we've got pretty high crime rate you know you hear plenty about shootings yeah. and, and I've got... yeah my dad's been there uh on business and he tells me he doesn't go out very much when he's there because of you know the, the high crime but yeah it's so you know it, it I have, I, I call myself fortunate. I believe part of it is, you know, following my own rules, common sense and things like that. But sometimes things happen to the best, you know, with the best intentions, you can't avoid everything. But I certainly meet enough people who have had bad, you know, situations occur. Just last week, I have a new student who told me that she was just stuck up, you know, walking from the train. So, you know, it happens everywhere. And I just tell people, you know, it hasn't happened to me yet. I count myself lucky, but I still prepare. I'm always preparing myself mentally and physically in case it does happen because you just never know. Yeah. Um, so you, you studied with, uh, you studied uh, from a teacher or do you call him teacher or master? Or... <laughs> you know, it's a good question. A lot of that depends on the instructors themselves. My, John McSweeney, who was my original instructor, um, was in teaching at Elmhurst, Illinois. And, you know, he wasn't big on what I liked about him. And what stuck with me is he wasn't a real traditional kind of guy. It wasn't, you know, sensei or Sifu or master or any of that. He was, you know, uh, John, or at that time, cause I was, I was younger. I was only 15, you know, Mr. McSweeney, but yeah. you know, just typical respect, but he, you know, what stuck with me about him was he said, you know, self-defense is something that has to work for everybody. It's got to be, you know, simple to do, and it's got to be effective. And those are the things that stuck with me from then until now. And that's still how I think about things. Uh, I've seen a few of his, I've seen a few of his uh, Kenpo videos. They're actually pretty good. You know, I, so. Yeah. If you, you know, if you go out there, Kemp, you know, Ed, Ed Parker, who's came from Hawaii and brought Kenpo kind of the United States, he was an interesting guy. And, he, you know, he had all sorts of people had doing Kenpo and, you know, he was yeah. friends with Bruce Lee and, uh, so he was a big name, and uh, Kempo Gimp caught on. It was real popular for, for quite a long time. Yeah. Not so much anymore, but. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because uh, my cousin is uh, a green belt in um, Taekwondo, and um, I think he said something else. And <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, he said, "What would you like to learn?" And he laughed when I said this because he thought I was joking because I I got it from the Karate Kid. Okay. But uh, kata. Yeah. Uh, no, I seriously would. Uh, I started I started researching it and I was like you know it uh, they said it it cal- like it calms you down it um, gives you good breathing techniques and true um, I said yeah that that's like it's uh and then it says like if in battle if you use kata it can confuse your opponent and. Um, yeah, so he thought I was being funny at first. He's like, oh, you watched all three of the Karate Kids. Yeah, pretty funny. I'm like, no, man. I'm like, you got to do your research. And and I did my and I did some research on it. And I thought it was pretty cool. And I, I'd still like to learn it uh, till this day. No, I, you know, you, you're right. I mean, every, everything has its place. Um, when people people go to study martial arts you know the uh, you know i ask people you know what what is you want to study do you want to study an art where you're going to learn more of the art which is not always practical but it's interesting it's historical it has a lot of good attributes like you said it can teach you balance it can teach you self-confidence a lot of good things but if you want to focus more on the self-defense aspects of it then not all martial arts are going to be helpful some will focus more on like you said kata on forms they do a lot of forms and yeah. they look they look great, man. You watch people compete, and they are impressive. I've seen some uh, group katas in, when the Japanese do it, and they they look very very impressive. No question yeah. about it. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just like um, yeah, it's just like when uh, I'm trying to think uh, when the, a certain tribe. Does like their dance oh, we, or something you're talking like about the that. haka that they do. Yeah, for music. like yes, yeah, yes. the haka. Yeah, uh, yeah. Try and scare and intimidate their opponents. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's that's kind of what um, that's kind of what kata does uh, when you're uh, facing an opponent. Um, you know that you start you start doing the movement and they're looking at you funny and you know they're like, "What are you doing? What's going to be your first move?" Yeah, and then they get confused, and then when um, and then when they come and strike, it's like you already know what you're going to do, but they don't. It's true, and a good part of uh, fighting is deception, right? So, uh. um, have you ever have you ever done like any competition or thought about it or? Uh, you know, it's I've done very little. Um, and it's always, I guess it's just been my mindset because when I started out, like I said, at an early age, my focus had been, and part of the reason I kind of went into it is because I was, I was skinny and I wasn't, you know, uh, kind of geeky and I didn't have a lot of friends. So I was always kind of uh, bullied to some degree, not terribly, but enough where I was not comfortable. And I said, you know, I don't feel like I can defend myself. And that's kind of what led me to self-defense. Uh, and so the competition part of it, really never appealed to me um i do enjoy certainly watching it it's great you know the more of the contact than the the point sparring because that always kind 
I always found that a little uninteresting because the points, people can do a lot of stuff that looks fancy, but it's not really practical. So I guess that's part of my problem is I look at it as a practical thing and competition to me is more fun than practical. So. Yeah. Uh, speaking of competition, do you, uh, do you watch like uh, UFC or um, anything like that? I'm not a regular watcher, but I do watch it from time to time. Um, I, it's certainly, it's good to see because, uh, you know, it gives a whole different dimension than just watching boxing. I mean, boxing is great too, because, you know, you watch boxers and they've got great attributes. They've got fast feet and fast hands. Yeah. Uh, but then we put it in with the groundwork that they do in the UFC now. I mean, I don't know did you, if you guys are watching the early UFCs before they had weight class, they had really rule. You know, and they'd put almost anybody in a ring. Uh, yeah, like I, yeah, yeah. I've seen like a three hundred pound man versus a hundred and fifty pound man. I used to watch. Yeah, I watched the the. I watched Hoist Gracie. Yeah, tap out, tap out a boxer wearing one glove. <laughs> the Gracies um, are impressive people. I mean, they've got ex- they've got very good skills. They're very good at what they do. But one of the, you know, the one that you're talking about, well, I brings to my mind one of the fights, which was um, Keith Hackney was fighting the, this guy, Emmanuel Yarborough. And Emmanuel, I forget what he was. He was a sumo wrestler, but he weighed like 600 pounds. And I think, you know, Keith was like 200. But Keith had actually studied some Kempo at the school here in, in Addison, where I was going for a while, too. And so that was kind of, we were all really happy when he did really well against Emmanuel because uh, it was it was an interesting fight to watch, you know, David versus Goliath. Yeah, yeah. The early days were the real good days because there wasn't that so many much rules. No, uh, like they have now. Um, but uh, and then they and then there was you know there was there was more uh, technique back in the day than there is now. Um, Either somebody's trying to knock you out in the stand-up game, or they're trying to take you down and submit. It's yeah. uh, it's it's really not like um, uh, like a real karate tournament. I mean, I know they study, I know yeah. they study the the martial arts because it's mixed martial arts. But you know, when 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 you go into the ring, when when they step into the octagon. You know, you just see them throwing punches and wild kicks, and now nah, I've seen a couple of uh, I've seen a couple of people uh, use their techniques. There's, there's still a few fighters really. that use technique, you know, like yeah. like uh, Lilo Machida. You know, he's yeah. big in the karate. He does the karate stance, the karate footwork. True, it's true. Yeah, you do, every once in a while you get a few of those things that, that pop out, and you're like, yeah, that makes things more interesting. You know. Uh, but, yeah, John, uh, yeah, like John Jones, he he uses his um, his Muay Thai kickboxing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's what I like. That's what I like to see. Uh, I I've seen a couple. I'm a big fan of uh, Chuck Norris. Yeah, uh, yeah, me too. I I've been a fan of him for a long time. Uh, I guess you know everybody knows him by Walker Texas Ranger, of course. <laughs> unfortunately, um, unfortunately. Uh, well, since we're talking about him, my favorite movie of him was uh, Top Dog when he had to partner with a um, Shaggy Dog or whatever. You, uh, but um, but no, he's uh, yeah, he, he uh, you know, I give him his, his respect too because he's like a five-time 
uh, kickboxing champion, world champ, right? World champ, yeah. And um, you know, uh, man, he's like he's like almost. I think he's like sixty-five or. 60. I think he might actually. It might be almost seventy. I think now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's he still looks good, <laughs> and he's still trying to and he's still trying to sell that. Uh, that total gym, right? The That's total, this, yeah, the total gym, yeah. His, his secret to uh, to longevity is the total gym, and it might very well be. I think uh, I saw something where he was using one in a movie. I think it was uh, back in the probably the seventies. It was called Eye for an Eye, and uh, he was. That was actually something. a good movie. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a great movie, uh, but he was using something that looked like the total gym. I think before there was a total gym. So um. yeah, <clears throat> uh, and then uh, and then he uh, he did the the fighting scene, Sleeves movie. Yes, uh. which was pretty. Which was you know that was pretty good. Um, and I think that's what got him really you know noticed as far as movies go. And then his act you know then he got a much bigger you know acting career after that. So. Um, may not be the world's best actor, but he does have you know, good martial arts skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he was all right in Walker, Texas Ranger. He had his moments. That's true. That's uh, true. I will, I will admit that. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's what everybody knows him by. If they don't know his uh, prior uh, career yeah. moments, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like. It's like, uh, yeah, what you doing? Oh, watching Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> uh, Who wins the fight? Of course. Yeah, Walker well, does. It's, well, it's the same thing with Steven Seagal, right? I don't think I've seen a movie of his where he doesn't, I mean, he, he almost never gets hurt. He always wins yeah. every fight, you know, by a mile. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. There's another guy who was very interesting. I, you know, early on, you know, his his Aikido, his form of Aikido that he did was was very interesting. Caught a lot of people's interest, and it made for some good movies initially. Not so much anymore, but. Um. Uh, yeah. So I was uh, reading uh, the email, and um, I saw something where you was where you were trying to turn uh, a book into a DVD. Oh, yeah. So um, John, again, John McSweeney, my original instructor, he wrote a couple of books. Okay. One of them was one of them was called Street Karate. And the, the book was about 30 some different instances where people used martial arts um, for self-defense purposes and then, you know, successfully. And as far as I can tell, it's probably the only book out there that's like that. So um, he, when he passed away, I was able to, to buy the rights of the book from his, from his widow. That's, and my plan is that's to awesome. make a companion DVD that kind of takes what John did in the book and said, you know, these are the things people did. And I want to say, you know, that's great. But these are the things I would do kind of from my perspective and, you know, my background. Now. So, yeah. Uh, so, um, so are, are you originally uh, born in Chicago? Or... Uh, yeah. So I am from Illinois. Uh, we moved around a lot through the Illinois area. I was actually technically born in um, Lake Forest, but we've lived in kind of like northern Illinois. And then I kind of moved around a lot. I, you know, obviously had a few years on and off in Japan, lived in Arizona for a while. I uh, went to law school out in um, Spokane, Washington, went to undergrad in Madison, Wisconsin. So kind of moved around a bit. 
Yeah, I've uh, I've moved a little bit myself, but it's just been back and forth to two states from North Carolina to West Virginia, back to North <laughs> Carolina, back to West Virginia. <laughs> um, well, I haven't seen much of, of Virginia, but West Virginia, but I certainly have been I've been out of Carolina several times, and I think it's uh, definitely a beautiful state. So North Carolina, it, it can yeah, some parts are very beautiful. Um, I live I live near the capital. Okay. I've lived in the capital of North Carolina, which is Raleigh. Okay. Down downtown is very big, um, and um, <clears throat> I went to a con- that I went to a convention um, in Raleigh. It was um, so SuperCon, and they had um, they had guests from like uh, the Karate Kid, uh, the guy who played. Daniel, uh, Ralph Macchio, and then they had the guy that played Johnny, mm-hmm. um, and I, and um, we had met um, my lifelong um, superhero back in the day was the Power Rangers, and <laughs> very nice. Uh, met uh, actually got to meet and talk to. Um, the Green Ranger, which is Jason David Frank, and um, he he showed us because um, he he owns his own karate school now, and he teaches uh, his own uh, techniques and stuff, and he he demonstrated a couple of things. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to learn. Nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, here's a bunch of uh, people in their uh, uh, mid thirties talking about. Um, <laughs> the power range. Yeah, well, hey, you know, some things stick with you all your life, right? So, uh, have you guys seen the uh, Karate Kid sequel that's been in, on YouTube? Oh, YouTube Red. Uh, you're talking about where um, Johnny reopens the. Yes, I've watched... heard about that. I haven't seen it yet. It is watched... great. It is great. It is good because it's funny because Daniel. Actually uh-huh. teaches Johnny's son, <laughs> and, and then and then uh, Johnny's like, "What the heck are you doing?" You know, it, and it's it, it flips it because you know you had the Karate Kid who was obviously the good guy in the movie in the movies, but here you got a kind of Johnny who's really more like he's not as bad as he was there. I mean, he's got some problems, but he's yeah. still a decent guy. And yet the karate, you know, uh, kid Ralph, Car- Ralph's character just doesn't see it that way. He's uh, got a whole different perspective on things. So, and, so. It, and it's funny because out of all the things that Mr. Miyagi has taught him and trained him for, he could have been one of the best in karate. And, <laughs> Yeah, this man goes into selling, selling cars. cars. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Yes, a free when bonsai. Pro- free car. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, free bonsai with each car. <laughs> yeah, but I, I tell you what, though, um, Mr. Miyagi taught him very differently from what other karate um, teachers or masters or senseis uh, did, because. If I can learn karate from washing a car, <laughs> yeah. then I am sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You can do two things at once, learn karate and wash and wax your car. So, and then like, yeah, you know, in the movies, he's, and then in the movies and the first one and the first movie, he teaches them how to wash a car, paint a house, paint a fence and Mm -hmm. sand the floor. Sand the floor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now that, that's a, now if I could learn karate that way, then, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, it's, 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 uh, it's how you learn it and, uh, who teaches you? I mean, it's just like, it's just like, um, I can't even, I'm trying to think of, uh, trying to think of his name. It was an, it was another karate movie that I saw. It's kind of the same thing, but can't grasp it right now. It'll come back to me. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, me and uh, me and Billy were uh, well. This was supposed to be for like our birthdays. We were going to uh, have a have a spar for our oh. birthdays. Um, okay. <laughs> and. Um, and yeah, and just just have fun and, and go out there and and uh, you know teach each other our our what we've learned and stuff like <clears> that. But I think Billy's a little more experienced than I am because, like I said, when I got injured, I, I kind of quit doing everything. <laughs> well, I didn't hear Billy talk about his experience. Well, I um I started as a young kid doing taekwondo. I got okay. to like. A yellow belt, and we. Well, I'm I'm originally from Stockton, California. That's where I grew up. So, in West Coast okay. boy, that's where. And then we moved here. I couldn't find a school right away. Martial arts. I took a few years off, and I did karate, and didn't get a belt on that. And then this, and I have a wrestling background. I wrestled, you know, since I was a kid. Mm, okay. My family's big in wrestling. You know, like my nephews wrestle. So now my dad was a coach out there in California. So. Oh great! So, when I uh. I said wrestling background, so I decided, you know, to take the uh, martial, mixed martial arts route and get into that. So fought a few years, got into amateur boxing. Okay. I did jujitsu, got got a blue belt. So nice. Yep. Um, and got a blue belt under uh, Mario Roberto. So up here in uh, Rochester, Minnesota. So okay. <clears throat> yep. I've got a. If it counts to teach yourself, I have a black belt underneath myself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> self self taught, uh, you know. Um, and you know, and you know, um, a lot of people, a lot of people that uh, can teach themselves and can teach others. It's pretty impressive. I know a guy. Um, he never had a karate instructor or a let's just let's just say mixed martial arts instructor. Okay, and he. He just started like watching videos and he like started going to like his kids' classes and watching the instructor. And Uh this guy, this guy was about 30 at the time. Um, and uh, by the time I think he was like 36 or 37, he had his own dojo license and everything to teach self-defense and uh, a friend of mine goes well how'd you do it he goes 
I self-taught myself. Mm. Um, I was like, well, okay. <laughs> Whatever works. Hey, if you can play uh, an instrument by ear, then why not be able to learn by visually seeing what people do? I mean, it's... Uh, yep, there it's, you go. So uh, some people are, you know, and I think you're right. I think some people have the ability to absorb by looking at what, I mean, I, certainly it's something that's come to me more later in life than it was originally. Cause when you start out, you know, I had no idea what I was doing, but now I can analyze what people do and say, all right, I can definitely do that. Or I see that and go, I would never do that ever because I just think that's mm-hmm. a terrible thing to do, but it, it's a great skill to have. Yeah. To be able to visualize it and then do it. So. Um, oh yeah. When I, when I say when I first started wrestling, I was like zero and ten, man, you know. And being being seven years old, that kind of sucks, you know, being zero and ten. And then I finally learned I'm like, okay, I'm doing this wrong. I have to do this right, you know. To, I have to, you know, scramble this way instead of this way to get out of this. And then you know, that's just yeah. Now when I was a kid, I was big in sports. Like I said, I was big in football, basketball, and baseball. And I got kicked off the football team because I clotheslined the kid. Oh. And well, it was I I would say it was my fault yeah. in a way, but it was the coach's fault too. He was pushing us too hard. Okay. Um there was no self discipline in the in the training or anything. And of course, you watch football, you're gonna get hit hard. Yeah. Um, and um, I remember um, it was during a practice or whatever, and I wasn't tackling like I would in a game. And I'm like, it's practice. He's like, son, I want to see you hit somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, coach, it's just practice. These are my teammates. No, stop. And he's like, no, you either go out there and tackle somebody or hit somebody wow. or do whatever the heck or you're going to be benched. Wow. I, I, I And I took out my anger. I should have tried and tackled him. <laughs> uh, but uh, I took out my anger and uh, we had lined up and uh, I went to tackle the uh, – a kid that was bigger than me, and um, I ended up clotheslining him, and I, and I went back up to the coach, and I said, uh, how was that for you? And he goes, you're done. I'm like, "Wow, okay. <laughs> nice. Wow, that's yeah. terrible. Wow. And, and, well, like you said, you know, a, a lot of it, what people learn, whatever it is, is going to depend a lot on your teacher, instructor, whatever. What's their attitude? How do they approach things? And obviously, he was approaching things in a really bad way. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I've had to use I've had to use self defense in high school. Um, growing up, uh, growing up when I was a child, like you mentioned, you've been you said you've been bullied. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Since I was a young age, I've I've been bullied myself. Uh, I think I was bullied all the way up through middle school, and um, I had a couple of friends, and I had like maybe like two friends throughout middle school and high school, and we would go to we would go to the gym, and you know we would 
go we'd play basketball during lunch after we ate lunch. It'd be like thirty would be like twenty minutes and we'd sit there and we'd play basketball for twenty minutes and the same guy every day would come up and and uh and and uh bully and uh try and talk smack and you know wow. just uh to start something huh yeah and in my mind i was like you know do something about it and i was but then i was like you know what i can't do this right now this is school right and uh but i i ended up fighting my bully at school after uh this was uh my senior year and um I ended up fighting. I ended up fighting my bully. Okay. And uh, it, it all started. We uh, <clears throat> we had got we had 15 minutes after um, senior projects, and we all were standing outside in the hallway, and um, he comes walking down, and my friend uh, he does parkour. He oh, practices yeah. parkour, and um, he was, he wasn't like doing any flips at the time or anything, but he was, um, you know, just uh normal jogging and had tripped and sprained his ankle. So he was, uh, walking with, um, um, his foot wrapped and crutches okay. and, uh, you know, the kid just comes up and steps on his foot. Oh man. And, yeah. And, and, you know, and I'm like, okay, there's what, three weeks left until graduation. And, you know, it, I don't know, it, it just, it just uh, built up in me again, you know, just like when, yeah. when, the, when the coach was yelling at me and stuff. And I, I told him, and I told the bully, I said, hey, man, I was like, that's not right. You know, you could have actually hurt him worse. Or, and, and then he came up and pushed me in his – he pushed me, and he was like, "What are you gonna do about it?" And he he threw a punch at me, and the only way I could react was by ducking, picking him up, and I jumped on top of him. I don't talk about this much, but I, I hit him a couple of times, and then I had him in a um, rear naked chokehold. Okay, so um, you, you did the whole uh, wrestler mentality there, you know. You picked him yeah, up, double, say. double leg them. Well, you know, well, you know, my my <laughs> brother was a wrestler and uh, growing up, yeah. and he taught me a few, a few, uh, a few moves if anything were to ever happen. And um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't apply pressure to where I was choking him, but I applied enough pressure to where he would stop moving and um the teachers came out yeah i got suspended right yeah and uh i this is the funny thing i got suspended uh until the week of graduation and he got suspended for a week wow and i i asked the principal i said um Am I going to be able to graduate still? I was like, this was self-defense. He goes, uh, witness did say this was self-defense. Um, and uh, you are a senior. He is not. 
He was a junior. Um, he said he will get a week, and he just and the principal was just like, "You've done your senior project." I said, "Yes, sir." He goes, "Just think out of it as a vacation until graduation." <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, wow. And I was like, "I don't want to be. I didn't want to be a jerk." Yeah. And and thought that was funny, but sometimes in life you get what you deserve. Yeah, no, you know, you did what I think you know most people should do, um, and unfortunately, schools are so these days are so reactionary. They just there's like, well, it doesn't matter who started it; you're both in trouble. Like, no, that's not right because that's not how life works. Right. Someone starts it, and if you know for a fact someone started and they're defending themselves, you shouldn't be punishing a person who's defending themselves. Right. Um, I agree. That's what I agree. I've seen that been a few times, and the guy that gets picked on, you know, maybe, you know, five foot nothing, 120 pounds, and gets picked on by a guy who's six foot, and they both get expelled. Like, really? You know? Yeah. <laughs> no. To me, that's not right. You know, you don't. You know, yeah, I've seen worse fights, man. I've, yeah. um, growing up, I've I've been in a lot of fights. I've been jumped. I've had to run to my little brother's rescue because wow. um, he's he's been jumped right on our front porch. Um, wow. Nowadays, I don't mess with my brother. Uh, <laughs> I, right? I'm 30. My brother yeah. is uh, well. I'll be turning 30 this year. Um, my brother is three years younger than me, so he'll be 27 this year. Um, no, my brother used to be scrawny. You know, my brother used to pick on me, but <laughs> and we used to hate each other back in the day. But we knew, but we knew, you know. But that was that brotherly love, you know. Yes, of course. Um, but we knew if somebody, if one of us was in trouble, you know, we'd always be there for each other. Um, but uh, I remember one time we were wrestling, and you know, I'm I'm a I'm a hefty dude. I'm not a um I'm not overweight or anything. But you know, I'm a, I'm a hefty dude. Um, I'm about uh, two eighty seven, and my brother is about uh, I don't know one sixty one eighty five. Okay, big difference between the two of you then. Okay, and. Uh, my brother, he was like, uh, "Come, come spar with me." So we were sparring and everything, and he does this move where he, uh, Billy, you know this move because you wrestled too. So he does this move where he he uh, drops to one knee, quickly moves around me, uh. and then um, German suplexes me onto the mat. And pins me, and I'm like, "Teach me this, please." So basically, a duck, a duck under, took took your back, and then suplex. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, um, sounds effective and painful. <laughs> yeah. Uh it wasn't that much painful since we were doing it on mats, but uh, helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, and I watch, you know, I watch a lot of videos about fights on the street because you know part of 
part of teaching people is also saying, look, what are the most common things you're going to face when you're on the street? And like you've already pointed out, hook punches. That's very common. You know, people grabbing you, people pushing you. That's how fights start, you know, chest bumping, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But one of the things I've seen a lot of is you get kids who don't know what they're doing. Someone starts swinging. The other one is what you said. They grab the guy, they pick him up, and they dump him on his head. The problem is the guy who gets dumped on his head is usually, you know, on asphalt or concrete, and he doesn't get back up. Right. You know, it's something, you know, you got to tell people that's – you got to watch out because all it takes is one quick move, and you're either out, um, badly injured, or potentially dead. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a tough move that uh, they catch you with it and can be devastating. You know? Yeah. So, wrestling I mean, move, anything simple, you know, whatever it is, boxing, you know, quick jab. Uh, it's that simple stuff that's effective and it works and that people don't expect. It's, you know? uh, it's just like, um, you know, in, uh, in wrestling, it, it's happened too. I've seen it happen on uh, TV. And uh, Billy, I think you know who I'm talking about. Um, since we watch uh, wrestling and stuff. I don't know if you've seen any wrestling or watched wrestling back in the day. Um, but not it, much. Yeah, not much. Um, but um, but there was a wrestling show, and uh, Billy, you know Rey Mysterio. You, you, yeah. probably, you probably know the guy that, uh, that it happened to. Uh, yeah. Remember when uh, Rey Mysterio went for that six one nine? Yeah, down in Mexico. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it was his fault. I mean, the guy, I think, had a, early was having a heart attack, and Rey Mysterio oh. didn't know how to react, so he does his move, and then he tries to do it again. You know, like, okay, why'd you move? That was, that was your spot to take my kick. You know? And, yeah. Okay. It looked like he botched, and in wrestling, yeah. botched is where um, you make a mistake on the move. Yeah. So the guy's like. You know, Ray, Ray was like, okay, that was your spot to take my kick. And so Ray's like, okay, let's try it again. But then the guy's not responding. So Ray stops and like, hey, tells Ray, hey, hey, you know, he's, he's out, you know, like get, get an EMT back there. And wow. the guy, the guy dies, you know, I was, no, was... Yeah, that's pretty sad. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's all choreographed, right? So you missed your mark or something happens. Yeah. And you're gonna have, uh, have problems because they, you know, those guys are in pretty good shape yeah uh, but you know yeah yeah and you know some of them, and then a lot not even some but a lot you know they they take the, these supplements and um and uh you know it can cause stuff in the ring or you mm-hmm. know overdose and stuff i remember there was a um there was another there was another wrestler uh i can't remember his name if I tell a story, Billy, you might know who it is, but I just know the story because it was uh, you're a little older than me, Billy, so you might know. But I'll tell the story, and if you know who it is, then you can tell me. But um, this wrestler, uh, I guess he was uh, he was pretty much high on some kind of narcotic, and he comes out to the ring and he's having a match with somebody, and uh, he goes on the top rope, and um, He's getting ready to do his uh, his move, which is basically like a um, uh, frog splash. And a frog splash is just like you just jump off and you land on somebody's stomach okay. while they're laying down. Got it. Okay. Um, and when he goes up to the top rope, 
the guy's standing there and he's like paused and he's reacting with the crowd and then right before he jumps off he he just falls forward flat on the guy oh god uh, I, don't, I don't think I've heard this one before but um yeah I don't know if I don't know if it was like mainstream wrestling I don't know if it was like mainstream or, or if it was a indie show or something like that but uh, somebody was telling me, but yeah, you know, um, using, you know, supplements, narcotics, you know, to, to train mm-hmm. with is, uh, yeah. very dangerous. It's going to catch up with you at some point in time, uh, but you know, people are, uh, people think short term, right? They're like, I need to do this now. And they don't think, well, you know, what's going to happen to me down the road. And it's, uh, so yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, man, I keep thinking of these great questions to ask, and then uh, <laughs> that, that, that's what happens, you know, when you work. That's what happens when you work, you know, 10 hours uh, yeah. a day and or, you know, however long you work, and then you got to go do other things, and then you come home, and nah, man, <laughs> It uh, it catches up to you. Uh, I remember. Well, uh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Now I remember no. when uh, we first started doing the podcast. Uh, me and Billy didn't know what we were doing. We were just sitting there trying to make up things and and, sure. and go along with it. But uh, you know, since we've been doing this, what three years? Three years yeah. now. Three going years. On three years. Yeah. Oh yeah, going, going on three, on three years. years. Yeah. Um, and now, if you Google now, and uh, now if you Google us, we're like the first like amateur, because that's what this is. We're like an amateur podcast. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, um, but now we're but now you know like we're right on we're right on spot with questions and we can interact with people. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. It's like you know, it's like we're the boss and. This person's coming on for an interview, and we're asking them questions. Um, I mean, that's how it feels. With uh, I, I went on a podcast with on another podcast with somebody just to talk sports, sure. and he comes on. He goes, "All right, buddy, let me let me tell you. Let me let me uh, let me ask you a couple questions here." I was like, "Sure, I don't mind. I, I can pretty much answer." Uh, anything about basketball, football, or baseball, or UFC, or, you know, I don't know too much about, like, karate history, unless I look it up, and, um, I mean, I know the technique and stuff like that, and forms, and, and, you know, different types of uh, uh, martial arts, but he was just like, yeah, it was like, and uh, during the show, you know, I was like, are we talking about sports? Or are you going to ask me 50 questions like I'm trying to get a job? I was like, I already have two. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, well, you know, like you said, some people are better at things than others, right? So. Yeah. But uh, we, uh, we, we've actually uh, graduated from uh, podcasting companies. Because that's basically, you know, even though this is an app, it's actually a company 
and okay. uh, they produce uh, sponsors for us, which okay. I feel bad. Um, give me one second here. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, um, Freeband, Freeboard, and um, Anchor itself. Um, thank you for the sponsorships and uh, giving us a chance. Um, so I had to take a moment there and uh, thank our sponsors because if uh, we don't mention them, they'll kill us. Not literally, hey. but... <laughs> You got to you gotta pay the piper, and that's the way it goes. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. Oh, and uh, not to mention, uh, me and Billy here, we're, we are actually in the uh, process of starting our own uh, clothing brand. Um, really? Yeah. For, wow. Billy came up with the name and texted to me, uh, Billy, why don't you tell him a little bit about it, man? It's not just uh like you know the name kind of a uh, get kind of you know confuse people. It's called a uh, battleground apparel. You know it's it's not just a fight company. It's like you know you you mean people have battles in life. You know and besides sure. the ring cage, you know on the street, you know it's, yeah. it's a it's a lifestyle. You know whatever you you battle, you know so yeah, absolutely battle. Okay, so battleground apparel. You know I like it. Yeah. Um. And so what, what as far as apparel? So we're talking obviously t-shirts, t-shirts, sweaters, maybe ball caps. Okay. So, For now, yeah. Yeah. And okay. Get into maybe like jogger pants. That'd be kind of cool for me. Yeah. That's okay. the trend nowadays. You know, people buy jogging pants. And I'm a, I'm wearing jogger pants right now as we speak. <laughs> so, uh, it's the ones I, I work out in. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, they are. Oh, that's great. They're pretty comfortable, you know, uh, but uh, if you buy, if you don't buy them the right size, they will. It's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, but uh, yeah, I've also, I, I've started a, uh, uh, a clothing brand for um, not just adults, but for kids also with my half brother. It's called uh, Ball Club and actually okay. it started... Um, uh, it started with my son. My son plays baseball. That's all he does is play baseball. Okay. And it actually started with him. And basically, it's actually for him. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's basically uh, the name of it's Ball Club. The brand is called Ball Club. And it's basically like sports active wear, like um, – like like we're doing with the battleground, uh, it's basically like hats, um, shirts, um, sports apparel like um, brace uh, not bracelets but uh, wristbands. Um, we want we want to get into uh, like um, um, what do you call it? Uh, jogger pants and uh, a suit. I'd like a like a jogger suit uh, with the jacket and the pants. Track um, suit. Yeah, track, track suit. Yeah, yeah. suit. There you go. Yeah. Um, or jumpsuit. Jump. <laughs> no, jump. Many, many names for it. Yeah. <laughs> many names for it. I guess. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of names for it. I guess. Um, so yeah, that's what we're looking into. But uh, yeah, we. Well, you guys are, are quite diversified. That's pretty good. Yeah, um, and. Uh, Right now, we actually have hats out um, and are getting more hats here soon. 
that's what we started off with. And then we, you know, we want to work ourselves, work ourselves up, start at one thing and then yeah. grow up to the next thing. So. Well, it's, you gotta, you gotta have goals and you gotta have, you know, reachable goals. And if you do one thing and you keep putting it on top of the other, then, Hey, you know, sooner or later you're gonna, you're gonna have everything you want. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's true. So uh, a couple more questions, man. We won't keep you up so late. I don't, uh, we don't, I don't know your schedule or anything, but, uh, when you, uh, when did you realize you first wanted to do, um, uh, mixed martial arts or, um, self-defense or, um, you know, what, whatever you like to call it. You know, so I was, did, did, you know, got into Kempo, started with my one instructor and I've actually Kempo I did for quite a while under three different instructors and they're all kind of, you know, John taught his instructor, you know, another instructor and then he taught somebody else and I've studied under all three of those guys. And so I was doing Kempo for a long time and then I realized I'm like, you know, I need to learn, I need to learn more things because I wanted to expand my horizon. Right. And uh, I said, you know, what do I, what don't I know? And like what, what I felt I was lacking was I was lacking defenses for dealing with people who, you know, have, they have guns, they've got knives, they've got clubs. I never felt that I was adequately going to be able to deal with that. Plus, I always thought, you know, if my only answer to a problem is always hitting them, and we always talked about hitting people you know, multiple times. I'm like, I got to have something that's less, less than that. So right. I decided I need to study more things. And so I included in my, one of the things I went out, I studied Krav Maga for several years so I could learn weapons defenses. That's, um, that's, that, that's something, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's something I've always sure. wanted to get into. Yeah. I've seen the videos of these guys overseas studying it, you know. And... Yeah. It's, you know, Krav Maga is great. It's got, they've got a very interesting way of, of, of approaching things. You know, they generally, they focus on fitness as well as kind of stripping away the art and then just saying, look, we're going to take what we like from these several, from all these different arts, whatever it is. And we're going to show you because we like this stuff because it's simple and we think it works. I mean, and, to and me, to me it's like uh, like rust and sambo, you know, kind of yeah. deal, you know. And keep in mind too, Krav Maga, which just means combat, contact in, in Hebrew. Um, everyone, there, there's different variations because they've got different groups now. There's a bunch of different groups that teach it. There's a worldwide, and I forget what the other groups are. There's all these umbrella groups they broke off. And so they've all got a little different take on it. Some are a little bit more martial arty because they'll wear geese, they'll wear uniforms. Others may just wear t-shirts and stuff. But And their their techniques will differ a little bit. But for the most part, they're like, we want to teach you something that's going to work really well. And they're going to spend half the class on you know physical fitness, getting you really good and tired. And then the rest of the class is going to be, we're going to show you how to do self-defense when you're tired. Because most of the time you don't get attacked when you're feeling 100% at your best. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's a good model. I like that idea. Yeah. So while learning uh, self-defense, were you ever taught, like, let's just say, for instance, if you were, like, in a headlock and you couldn't reverse the move or or um, you couldn't counterattack uh, – pressure points using the pressure points to uh get your uh let's just say opponent or attacker off of you you know pressure points have always been kind of a, a little bit of what we would do uh i've kind of looked in that more as i've gotten you know more experienced 
And because I get that question a lot. It's like, what about pressure points? I'm like, well, pressure points are good and they're bad. One, they're good if you get them just right because everyone's different with their pressure points. Right. I can find people and I might not find that same pressure point in everybody. Or some people, they just don't feel it. Either they, I don't know if they got dead nerves or what it is, but you, know, you try and they're like, yeah, I just don't feel it. So I found that there are, there's a couple pressure points I like that work really well. The main one is right at the throat, the base of the throat, the yeah. jugular knot. Yeah. Found one person yet who, when I stick my fingers in there, doesn't react badly to that. Oh, if I see you, if I see you, if I look down, if, you, if I have you in a headlock or something, and I see you reaching from my throat, I'm gonna throw you on the ground. <laughs> no, I, yes, because you know I, I've uh, I haven't experienced, but I've I've seen it done, and yeah, uh, no, it it, it hurts. <laughs> from the headlock position, one of the easiest things I do is. I'm striking the groin yeah, as hard as I can, you know, right. um, up to the groin. I'm either striking it or I'm grabbing it. I'm hitting it and I'm grabbing and I'm pulling. Yeah. So I'm causing trauma as fast as I can. My other hand is reaching up behind and I'm grabbing your face, fingers in the eyes, under the nose, under the chin, and I'm pulling your head back as I'm, you know, striking you. I usually get someone to release. And then from there, you just strike into the ground. Yeah. There is a, uh, there's a movie. It's uh, it's not old. It's not new. I can't remember. It's it's been a few years since it came out. It's called Never Back Down. I don't know if you ever heard of the movie. Yep. With uh, you know, the kid. He was uh, he wanted to learn mixed martial arts, and then got into all the fights, and was learning yes. from one of the grandmasters, John Rokes. And one one thing stuck with me from that movie the whole time. And when the guy was kept telling the, when the guy kept telling the kid, it, it's always on you. And I was talking to my cousin earlier. My cousin is actually the, uh, is actually our manager slash producer. So he's working the uh, editing and all that. So, um, and um so yeah, we we were having a discussion, and you know, we were talking about mixed martial arts. Uh, well, well, no, at first we were talking about uh, the boxing match between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, uh-huh. and we both had some. We both had a disagreement and whatever, um, because it you know Conor McGregor could he could have won that fight, and then. But that that you know that's just a different story. Right. Um, but no, we was talking about that movie, and I asked him. I said, "Have you ever seen this movie called Never Back Down?" He said, "No." So I said, "Okay." So I told him a little bit about it, and then I sat there and told him like there was these words that he kept telling this kid in the movie, and he said, "The outcome is always on you." And he he just looked lost <laughs> like he's looking now and <laughs> uh and um so he was like explain to me i said no just listen to me the outcome is always on you even when you're in a bad spot or someone is beating you 
or if they have you in a hold or a grapple or about to put you in a move, uh, the outcome, you can always overcome the outcome. And that's what the teacher was trying to teach the kid. And that's what I was trying to tell this person here. Um, but yeah, that that stuck with me after that movie, and it's all and and in life, you it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be in like a uh, fighting competition or mixed martial arts competition or anything. Just in life itself, you can always control the outcome, and that, I've always lived by it. Well, I certainly believe that we have more people have more control than they think. Uh, and I like to look at it. Uh, someone told me once, you know, it seems to be that the harder you work, the luckier you get. And to me, that kind of is, it's the same sort of thing. It's because you're not just waiting for things to happen, right? You're actually actively doing something, trying to get somewhere, trying to achieve something and not just going, hey, it's going to happen some point. I'm just going to wait for it to fall in my lap. Unless so, you hit the yeah. lottery. <laughs> well, there you go. Unless you get you're really, really lucky. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, it's just like uh, we were talking earlier. Uh, you said you, you've traveled. Uh, I, I've done a little traveling myself. I've been to, uh, been to Central America. Um, and uh, that was really fun. I, uh, we first started in Mexico, and then we went to uh, a couple of other places down in Central America. And uh, uh, I think it was... Uh, Costa Maya, Belize, um, and they're written, uh, they're real big on soccer. Okay, that's that all, makes sense. That's all they talk about is soccer, and uh, if you mention UFC fighting, they're only gonna they're only gonna talk about one person, and uh, that's Cain Velasquez. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and so I'm like. Uh, so I'm like, okay, uh, and you know, it's the real beautiful places, man. The the waters are, and the waters are are sky blue. You can see right through the waters. Oh, nice. Um, I'm like, yeah, you can never see that back over here in the states. <laughs> no, that's true. It's uh, it's uh, I think our waters are like brown and. <laughs> And, yes. and even when you watch it on a movie, it's like, oh, we're over here in California. Not, <laughs> no offense to your no offense to your home state here, uh, my brother. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> but no, nah, I'm a Minnesota boy. I'm a Minnesota boy now, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, you go. You look at the water, and it's like all clear, and it's it's just video production. How they they just make it clear, just to make it look good. <laughs> And then when you get there, it's like, wait a second, you guys told a dang lie. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, but you're right. There's a lot. There's a lot of places out there that have some really, and not only beautiful, you know, landscape, but the water by itself. You know, Hawaii. When one went to Hawaii, Puerto Rico, you know, and the waters around there are just are gorgeous. You know, oh, speaking alone, of uh, Puerto Rico, where we are going there in May. Are you? Congratulations! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My uh, my wife books the travels, and I go. You go. I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She books the travels, and I go. 
Well, we were there twice before they got hit, uh, yeah. and it was you know, we had a great time. It was you know, people really nice. Uh, it was just it's a very nice place. You know, a lot of good food, a lot of good things to do, even though it's a small little island. Um, yeah. But I'd say it's you know it's easier to get to. Bobby's than trying to go to Hawaii because that takes forever and it's super expensive. It's like what? Um, uh, it's like a what? Ten hour, ten hour flight to Hawaii. To Hawaii? Yeah. 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 And I think it took us. Well, at that time they had direct flights from Chicago. I think they still might. Uh, like three and a half hours to get to Puerto Rico. So the uh, direct flight from Vegas to North Carolina, which where we're at. That was that was just enough for me. Five hours was enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I get crazy. Like I go to Minneapolis to L.A. That's three and a half hours. That's crazy enough for me. Right. It's a long time in a very small seat. Yeah. Well, it depends yeah. on where you fly, I guess. Yeah, you know, it depends like... on who you fly with. My wife always books Southwest, and yeah, I love me, Southwest. Yeah, I, I like Southwest too, because um, you got the free Wi-Fi and stuff. But open open seating. That's what I like about it. Uh, yeah. Not, I've not been lucky lately. Uh, we flown with South. That was to Vegas, and then that was to Florida. So then uh, we left from Florida, and we uh, went over to Central America, in Mexico, Belize, and Costa Maya. But while on board, if... I get a if I have to sit in the middle, I'm I'm gonna be one stiff monkey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, especially because I'm like six five and a half, uh, oh, wow. two hundred and eighty seven, two hundred ninety pounds, and you know I, I got legs and. <laughs> if I can't sit by the window where there's a little extra room, or uh, on the outside, then I'm screwed. And yeah, that five-hour flight just about killed me. Yeah, that will seem like forever. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. Uh, anything you want to uh, <clears throat> add before we uh, cut the interview? And uh... Uh, you know, um, it was you know I enjoyed talking to you guys. I thought we had a had a great conversation yeah. so uh, we covered different topics so i thought that was great. yeah i think it was um, pretty cool and you said this was your first time doing a actual live podcast yes absolutely first time well uh let's not make it your only time uh <laughs> let's uh you know stay in touch man and um we'd like to have you back on you know just a normal casual conversation or whatever you know yeah. fridays are our uh, uh, kick back, talk about whatever. Oh, okay. um, sure, that would be great. I'd, I'd love to talk to you guys again. All right. Um, well, we appreciate you having on. Yep, nice having you. Again. You know, it's great talking martial arts with somebody that understands. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, maybe uh, me and Billy will have to fly out to Chicago and. Uh, I could drive. It's four hour drive for me. It's a four hour drive for me. I live in Minnesota, oh. like I said. So. Oh, that's, that's nothing. Yeah, I'll catch a flight to Billy, and then we'll drive out there. <laughs> Minneapolis ones. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. I'd uh, love to have you guys come in and uh, definitely work some stuff. That'd be that'd be awesome, man. And uh, appreciate you uh, appreciate you coming on. And um, 
Hope to catch you down the road soon again on here. Very good. Thank you, gentlemen. And, uh, yeah, have a great night. You too. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Yep. All right. All right, right, bro. I'm signing off here. I got to eat dinner. All right, man. (laughs) All right. Go on.